Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that, that seems to be the decision. All down. Road. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings. A big, beautiful, busy weekend of uh, action-packed uh, racing. And let me just tell you, it's a Winchester 400 recap show, folks. Uh, once we get past the Motor City Minute, we're not talking about anything else except Winchester 400 and Gary Did You Know. So uh, if that's not your bag, we'll see you next week. <laughs> but until then, let's talk about what is happening in a Motor City Minute. Uh, over the weekend, Las Vegas Motor Speedway played host to the NASCAR Series. Xfinity side of things, how about Riley Herbst? Haven't heard much out of Riley Herbst. Goes to victory lane, and then Kyle Larson goes back to victory lane at Las Vegas, so good job to him. World of Outlaws Case Construction Equipment Late Models and Sonoya Raceway and Rome Speedway officials decided it was the best interest of fans and competitors to cancel this past weekend's Billy Clanton Classic and World of Outlaws ARP Southeast Showdown. The Atlanta area, Rich, uh, we thought we got wet over the weekend. Several inches of rain last week and into the weekend. The events uh, will not be made up. There's no available date uh, left in 2023. The final event for the series, November 1st through the 4th, it's the World Finals at the Dirt Track at Charlotte. 500 Sprint Car Tour and USAC Silver Crown Series was in action over the weekend at Lucas Oil Raceway Park. Weather, <laughs> what a shock, washed the show to Sunday, and it was a shocking win for the 500 Tour winner, Tyler Roerig. Uh, nobody saw that one coming. And then in USAC Silver Crown competition, Tanner Swanson grabbed the win over Bobby Santos and Justin Grant. Cody and C.J. Leary rounded out the top five. Those things and so much more happening tonight, except it's all going to be Winchester 400 related. But, yes, so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich Frantz joins me with bags under his eyes, a tickle in his throat, and a runny nose, uh, as we all have after the wet, cold, soggy weekend. <laughs> <laughs> in Winchester, Indiana. Good evening, it's sir. It's nice to see you, Zach. Uh, it's been so long. I know. And it's the weekend that is never ending. Golly, I'm telling you what. Um, I know you went down Thursday night. Uh, so your Winchester 400 weekend began Thursday night. I rolled out of bed at 5.30 a.m. on Friday to hit the road to Winchester, Indiana. And then that started a trend 
for the weekend where I was on the road to Winchester Speedway before the sun was up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> so it was a long I weekend. I don't know, but I'm, I was going back in my memory because I had a long drive home, right? That's right. And I was processing it. I don't know the last time I was at a racetrack in the dark before lunch. No. I don't know that that's ever happened. I don't know that I've ever been to a racetrack from sun up to sun sundown, literally, where I watched the sun rise and then watched it set at the at racetrack. The racetrack. Yeah. Yep. Except, I mean, aside from camping. I mean, I was on the clock when the sun came up, and I was still on the clock when the sun went down. Yeah, that's so. a different story. I'm talking we show up to work a race event, yeah. and you're there before the sun comes up, yep. and, you, and you're not out of there until it's dark. That is a long day. But it was a fun weekend, nonetheless. Uh, we kid, and, and you know, it is it does make for long days, but uh, we had a lot of fun, and it all started on Friday, Rich. It was the Jank Siri All-Stars Tour headlining, and then the New Star races uh, were the nightcap with uh, the Friday night action, and... Uh, a guest of the show who we'll talk to coming up in just a minute. Chase Berta put on another fantastic show on Friday. Yeah, he sure did. And it and that this one was probably how he wanted it to happen, right? Uh, I, I think he started fifth and you know, you know, I I talked to his race team and they said we are going there is no reason to get to the front early. We're not pitting, nobody's coming down pit road. And uh, you know, he kind of got to second and I thought, okay, this is where he's gonna run. Well, then I got real smart because there he goes. <laughs> that lasted all of six laps. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he took off. And for all intensive purposes outside of restarts, that race was over then. Yeah. Yep. Well, and, and you mentioned restarts, plural. It was restart singular because it was only the competition caution at lap 50 that Chase had to deal with Michael Hind and... Then after that, it was dealing with lap traffic, and it really was a non-issue for Chase Berta. The light, the lightest that his advantage over Hind was was about seven tenths of a second, um, and uh, but also no better than about a one point three. So Chase did a really good job managing his gap. Something that we have been critical on him of, and he's gotten a lot better about is not just driving that thing for all it's worth for all one hundred laps. He did a really good job managing the gap on on friday yep and what i thought now i'm gonna, we're going to talk to we're going to talk to chase about this it's one of my questions is was he worried did he know because michael hine got better near the end he just wasn't as good as chase was and so michael hine was closing but was it michael hine closing or chase letting off and just yeah and, and using that race car when he wanted to do well at, we'll talk to chase about that and and kind of get his ideas on it and also remember when michael hine closed on chase he had two lap cars in front of him that he had to get around so you you, you do you get a little more timid in that situation also on friday uh something pretty cool that cra does cra late model sportsman and cra street stocks new star races this is for drivers who have not finished inside the top five this season at winchester speedway and for drivers who have not podiumed going back to 2008, that's a 15-year gap for those who need help with the quick math. Um, Rich, what a, it's just a cool program for those guys. And give somebody new an opportunity to shine at, at one of the world's most renowned racetracks. Yeah, and in the sportsman, it was cool. I mean, it doesn't mean you've never won a feature. Sean Grace has won features, right? Um, right. And, but 
Sean Grace had never won a feature at Winchester. Yeah. So, so let's talk about uh, that new stars race for the Vores Welding CR Late Model Sportsman. Uh, it was the undoubtedly Keegan Sabillo show for uh, the better part of the first, I don't know, seven, ten laps. It was the Keegan Sabillo show. But then all of a sudden, here came the afternoon's fastest qualifier, Isaac Ross, in the 96. He got through traffic after an invert of six, got through traffic, managed to get to the back bumper of Keegan Sabilo, but Rich could not pass that 77 car. Every time that Isaac Ross went into the corner in turns one and two, he'd get back on the gas and the car would kick loose and Keegan would drive away. Same thing in three and four. Same thing again in one and two. That was until two laps to go. He figured out how to get that car planted through the center of turns one and two, and he crushed the two-car difference that he had between himself and Keegan Sabilo. White flag is in the air. They go back to turns one and two. Isaac Ross nails the corner, gets the good run down the hill, gets to Keegan Sabilo's inside, and to that point, Rich, a Winchester win was on the line, and it did not and matter what happened after that. Well, it, what, 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 you know, what would ever happen down there, um, I know it, I know what it looked like, but it, it's so hard to tell. But all we know is neither one of them won that race. Right? Neither one of them finished that race. Keegan Sabilo. <laughs> they never made it out of turns three and four. I'll call a spade a spade. Keegan Sabilo threw the block going into turn three, and Isaac Ross was already there. And there is only so much bottom of racing groove at Winchester Speedway. Isaac Ross's car bounced off of the, uh, the, the basically the, the inside uh, right before the grass uh, of, of the racetrack. And um, Keegan Sabilo got spun, turned turned back it into the outside wall. Isaac Ross, being a part of the caution, goes to the tail. And that hands things over, Rich, to Chris Munson in the three car. How about that? And and we were all talking about that. And it's like, are you serious? Chris Munson can win this? You know, yeah. Chris doesn't you, – you, I mean, not, he, he's great with John Beach, right? And, and John does really well when he has – John is really good at Winchester. Right. And I was like, could Chris finally get a win here? Yeah. And we thought there for a moment that he could, but he was leading the restart and decided to start almost half a track early. Yeah. So go newsflash. You cannot start a race going into turn three. If you fire in turn three, uh, the race director will call that start back. And I think the other mistake that Chris made too, is he did not elect to start on the outside giving Sean Grace the preferred line. And, uh, Rich, that race was pretty much over by the time they got to the exit of turn two on the second restart. Yeah, and I think I, I think what Chris did on the second restart, he was overly conservative on it because of the first one. Yeah. Um, he figured that if, if if you have a problem with two restarts, they're going to move you back a row. Right, so, right. So I, I think he was a little late on it, and Sean Grace was not. He was on it uh, right when he needed to be. And once he cleared, once he cleared Chris Munson, um, you know, Chris had a couple good turns after that, but it was effectively over. Yeah. And so uh, good job to Sean Grace, uh, a champion down in Indiana, Rich at, uh, you know, the local short tracks. And then you go to Winchester, Indiana, you're, this isn't total, you know, this isn't Kansas anymore. And um, he was really pumped up to be in victory lane. You got a chance to talk to him. Yeah, I did. And, uh, you know, he, he just thought it was the coolest thing. And, just to look on their faces and, and, you know, would, would, would he have the same look down at South Bend when he picks a feature win up or wherever? Probably not. The smile on his face to pick up his first ever Winchester feature win 
was just so cool. Um, and, and their eyes, all these winners that we talked to, uh, the look in their eyes, the smile on their face, um, it's it's a career moment, you know? CRE Street Stocks do the same thing. This one only a six-car field, but, Rich, it was a darn good race for the front of the field. Dwayne Damon and Bobby Comer led the field to green. Ricky LaDuke had some work to do to get up to them. He was the fastest car on the property earlier in the day. And third was all that Ricky could muster, but it was not without effort. Those three cars, Rich, I don't know how much of it you could see from the infield, they were on top of each other for probably eight or nine laps. And, and those street stocks, and we talk about it before, wherever they go, they put on a great show. Yeah. Because they they just, they're so even, right, that they just can't get away from each other. So it's all about the driver and making sure that their car's set up right. Most of the horsepower on those cars is pretty darn close to the same. So if they can't get away from each other, it's just like the, you know, the pro late models. They're always around each other. They don't really spread out a lot all over the racetrack. And, uh, and Dwayne Damon did a heck of a job. Popular win for Dwayne Damon. Uh, social media was very happy to see him go to victory lane, holding off Bobby Comer and Ricky LaDuke. Then, Rich, after that, we move on to Saturday. And optimism was pretty high Saturday morning for what we might be able to accomplish. The uh, weather forecast had done a very drastic change, and uh, things were looking good for us to get a fair shot at getting the program in Saturday. And uh, we turned a lot of practice laps before Mother Nature said, eh, that's enough of that. Yeah, and I think we kind of saw it coming. I mean, once it got to late morning, it was pretty evident that we were in a race against time and that we weren't, we weren't going to make it through the whole day and night without uh, mother nature inviting herself to the party, but we thought that it would go away. Yeah. It just never did. I mean, we watched it sit there for how long, three hours without anything on radar and it was raining. Yep. And it's like, how does this happen? Yeah. There's nothing on the radar and it was raining and it just wouldn't stop. It would, I think it stopped once for like five or ten minutes, and they yeah, got we, track drying out there immediately. Yep. And we were up in the tower, and we looked outside, and we're like ten minutes after they started drying, pointed back out and said, here it is again. Yeah, yep, you know? for sure. So what does that mean? Well, it meant that Winchester 400 qualifying for the ASA Stars National Tour. Nope, congratulations. If you did good in second practice, uh, you now will have qualified well for the Winchester 400. Uh, qualifying for the Midwest Modifieds Tour, gone. Racing for the Midwest Modifieds Tour, moved. Qualifying for the Vores uh, Late Model Sportsman, qualifying for CRE Street Stocks, nope. Racing, nope. That meant racing for Winchester 400 Sunday began bright and early with bells on 10 a.m., Rich, the first green flag of the night, no, of the day, eh, First green flag of the morning, 10 a.m. at Winchester. And and that was just because that's the first time you're allowed to make noise in the town of Winchester, I believe. Right. So uh, they got him out there as quick as we could. Fortunately, we showed up. No track drying needed. That's right. Just a, just a little bit of cleanup. That tr- every, almost the whole track was dry. There were some puddles that the safety crew went and blew off uh, with the blowers. 
and uh, and they were ready to go for a long day of racing. I'd like to be the first one uh, to publicly eat crow on the decision to bring Crown Vicks to the Winchester 400 weekend. I did not support it. I did not think it was necessary. Uh, I really thought they would make a mace, make a mess of the racetrack and kind of not make a mockery of the event, but Crown Vicks, they race hard, and newsflash, parts fall off of those race cars because they are, they are bone stock race cars. Um, Rich, possibly one of the more exciting and eventful races that we saw was the 20-lap Crown Vic race. Yeah, it was, but I think they have, my opinion, I think that maybe they can address this, and it's not going to hurt them at the other tracks they run. This is a safety issue. they got to find some way to keep the right fronts on those Oh, races. my goodness, I know, I know. Yeah. One, one I thought was going through a windshield of another car after it came off. Yeah. It hit the car, but it didn't go through his windshield. But that could have been, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you do. Put a safety plate on there, extra big lug nuts, whatever. Something. But, but we lost two of them. Yep. And um, and while, and while and at Winchester Speedway, when you lose a tire, it takes a while to stop. Zach Stacy drove through the field, got out front, did not have the win handily. He had to deal with Brad Stifler, uh, thankfully not Stifler's mom, but just Brad Stifler. Uh, Noah Allison third, Tim McLaughlin fourth, Cody Scott fifth. So uh, really, it, it, by the way, let's not forget, and we talked about this on, on Sunday morning, Zach Stacy goes down in history, first Crown Vic winner of the Winchester 400 weekend ever. First time they'd yeah. ever been there, so. Yeah, and that was really cool. He, he, you know, he he started getting a little emotional in victory lane. Just, uh, you know, his his family means a lot to him. You could tell that when I was talking to him, and um, you know, first time there, and and that's a pretty cool deal to be the inaugural winner in an event, especially at a Winchester 400 weekend. So that was pretty cool. Um, next event, CRA Street Stocks Season Championship 30. Let's call it like we see it: Snooze Fest, Dalton Connor absolutely waxed the field, threw the field over his knee, and disciplined them thoroughly. Uh, Josh Sage second, J.J. Schaefer third, Ricky LaDuke, a nice run for the Kalamazoo native, fourth, Colby Lane, who won back here in September, finishes fifth. Um, Rich Dalton Connor just absolutely gave an exclamation point to his championship season. He did, and it was basically how his season went. Uh, he had a very good car. Dalton Connor did all season long. And when he showed up to Winchester, um, I'm sorry, it was like a men against boys. Nobody could run with Dalton Connor. It was, I think we all knew 10 laps in um, that this was over. Vors, and we just needed to click the laps off. That's <laughs> right. And you got a chance to talk to him down at Victory Lane. And um, we'll remind you, by the way, New Stars winner last year for Winchester 400. Yes, he was. So. Yep. What an improvement 365 days later. Two trips to Winchester, two checkered flags. Not bad Not ratio. Not a bad huh? way to do it. Vors Welding, Sierra Elite Model Sportsman, Championship 30. Guess what? Titus points battle of the weekend, maybe. Uh, Caleb Reshar had to deal with Logan Huckaba and Greg Stilwell. Let's call it like we see it. Greg Stilwell needed a perfect day. Caleb Reshar needed a really bad day. Uh, for him to win the championship. Logan Huckaba needed a perfect day and a moderately bad day for Caleb Reshar. Caleb finishes 10th, Logan Huckaba 11th. That's good enough to maintain the championship. Greg Stilwell Jr. in 7th, so he did not get what he needed to. But how about the race at the front? Man, oh man, engine problems all of a sudden, Rich, became the story of that event. 
Cast an average losing an engine. Terry Fisher losing an engine. Glenn Neal pulling off early. Uh, and then we know why Chris Munson pulled off early. He was saving that car. Um, but I tell you what, it got a little hairy carry there for a minute with engine expiring. And I don't know why that is. Um, you know, outside of it being the end of the season, everybody trying to spe- stretch the laps on a motor maybe. Uh, Winchester Speedway is not the place you would like to stretch the laps right. on a motor uh, because it, you know, one lap around there is like two laps anywhere else you go. So um, it worked out that way, but uh, somebody familiar yeah. to Victory Lane at Winchester Speedway yeah, that's came right. home the winner. John Beach gets the job done, and uh, he didn't he didn't win this thing handily like he did back in September. He had to work for it a little bit. Uh, Tyler Marsh, good run for the 75 car, gave him a run for his money. Want to give a shout-out to Billy Hudson. Billy came through that field late. Um when they restarted this race, Rich, I think there were about 12 laps to go, and they were in a next flag exit situation. Billy Hudson turned up the wick, came from about seventh, and drove all the way up to third after they said that. Jake Hinton held on for fourth. Isaac Ross from our new star race rounded out the top five. Chris Shannon sixth, and then we talked about the rest of the field there. So John Beach back to victory lane, straight money at Winchester Speedway. He He gave me grief for calling him a Winchester ringer, in my story. Um, thank you, John, for proving my point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I got to believe, you know, you, you watched everybody run through tech, uh, CRA tech and John beach had the longest tech that I have ever seen. <laughs> they, I think they finished teching that car shortly before driver intros before the Winchester 400. Yeah. Well, you did. You I, had to wait for him to drive around for victory lane at the end of it all. So. They had to put the tires back on the car because they were taking samples of the ones he had. So Jeez. it was, it was, uh, yeah, it, it, it took a little bit of a while, but uh, they finally put a whole nother set of tires and wheels on that car and got him down there. But I was starting to get concerned when I looked over there in tech and it was still sitting there. By the way, if you want a Winchester winning capable car, it's for sale right now. You can buy it in multiple different ways. Win on Sunday, sell on Monday. It's a whole new definition, but <laughs> that car, or I guess. John, win, John if you're listening, uh, we, we small commission for us if you sell it. That's right. right. There you go. Just, yeah. just uh, buy us a beer or something. That'd be all right. Uh, and then, Rich, the nightcap, if you will, was more of the morning cap. Midwest Modifieds Tour presented by Wheeler Trucking. The, as they called it, the Run for the Gun 40, or Run for the Gun 50 minus 10. That's right. Minus 10. Run for the Gun 50 minus 10. Um, Rich, this one was full of drama uh, right from the word go. It, it really was, and, and they really made a mess of the Winchester Speedway. <laughs> I, would, I would not have bet that. Um, you know, and I don't know what was going on, it, but it was a lot of cautions, a lot of oil dry was on that racetrack. Um, and then what a finish, right? I mean, yeah, you, you, you have have Derek Griffin thinking, oh, man, he, him and Tim Burkett got a great battle. This is going to go down to the wire. We're going to see a photo finish. Well, they don't make it out of turn one, right? Yeah, they get hooked together somehow down the front straightaway and into the turn one wall. Both of those drivers go. And then that hands the opportunities over uh, to to uh, Matt Dimmitt to try to make something happen in that seven car. And, Rich, they became in a situation, after a couple of red flags, they were in a situation where the next flag ends the race. And, Rich, Dimmitt did exactly what he needed to do. He nailed the restart, was the first car, you know, across the line when they wadded him up again going into turn number one. 
Yep. And, you know, I, I keep thinking back. A lot of the guys that would normally you would pick, Zach, to be up front and be battling for the, they all had problems. Do you know how right? much money I could have made off of Adam Mackey this weekend? He said he would give you the field. And as he was taking Trevor Berry. No, Kyle Purvis, nope. as long as oh, he could Purvis, have Kyle Purvis. Purvis never sniffed the lead, did No, he, he did not. I could have made That's so right. much money off Adam Mackey this weekend. I'm sick to my well, stomach I would have lost, too, it. because I would have taken Trevor Berry, and he got to second before that car broke. Well, yeah, if, if he, he was giving us the field, so I don't know, man. That's that's pretty good. Um, Matt Dimmitt gets the win and the championship. Always fun when you can cap both of those things off. But also I want to mention Mike Liberta getting the Rookie of the Year honors with the Midwest Modifieds Tour. So nice job for him. Yeah, and th- it wasn't an easy race for him, right? Uh, he went around a couple times, had to come down pit road. They had to, they had to work on that car. Uh, it wasn't an easy race for Michael, but uh, so cool for him to get the rookie of the year. You know, I mean, going from the dirt to the pavement, um, you know, he was running the modifieds in the dirt. His di- He kind of went back to, you know, his dad and his and his grandpa's roots uh, on the pavement. So um, pretty cool for Michael Jr. Now, these results are unofficial because it was kind of a mess with ending on the, on the time limit there. But Matt Dimmitt awarded the win. Bud Grace uh, second. Nestor third, I do believe. Uh, Terry Fisher fourth. Trevor Berry fifth. Uh, and again, that's unofficial because of the way the race ended uh, with it being stopped short. So uh, what, the one thing we do know is that Matt Dimmitt won that race. And then, Rich, that was time. All-American. All-American. Winchester 400. I've already got my mind on Nashville in, in uh, two weeks. Um, Winchester 400. 52nd running of the Winchester 400. 24 car field going to roll to the green and probably one of the more competitive fields that we've seen in a couple of years in the fact that we never really had the big one to take guys out of the race. No, there wasn't. Um, they, they seem to be pacing themselves, which for several cars in that field, that does, that goes totally against how they drive on a regular basis, but they did. Uh, there weren't a lot of cautions in that race. We went through several stage breaks, uh, without cautions that, you know, you go stage break to stage break, uh, without an issue. And it really came down to tire strategy, what you had left, because the Donnie Wilson motorsports teams had a different strategy than Steven Nassie did at the end. Yep. Um, and Chase Berta had a different strategy than all of them. Right. Yeah. So there were in, up in the top seven or eight, there were three different strategies going on. You had to see which one was going to work out, work out the best. So uh, when it comes down to it, two dominating cars to me really stick out in this event, Rich. Cole Butcher, Stephen Nassie. To me, class of the field, and it's close, but it, it was really between those two cars for a majority of the race. I mean, it, don't you think? Cole Butcher had most laps led. Yes. And won a stage. And Cole Butcher was probably on his way to a Winchester 400 victory until he hit the wall in turns one and two. Yeah, by the way. The, Co- first, the first time he hit the wall. Oh, my goodness. You're two. not kidding. So Cole Butcher, just on your first point, uh, unofficially led 162 laps of the Winchester 400. That's a pretty good run. It's not record setting or anything even close, uh, but that's a pretty good run. You are right, though. I have never seen a driver hit the outside wall at Winchester more, uh, Winchester Speedway more and get away with it than what Cole Butcher did on Sunday. I seriously think he hit that wall three times in turns one and two. 
and nobody pushed him there. No, it was he all did on it his all own. on his own. Yes, I, it it looked like it was all on the same run, which tells me when they came down and put tires on that car, it got tight, and he was having problems turning. He could not wait to get those tires off of that race car so he could. And then once he did that, it seemed like the car got better again. Well, I, but on that on that one green flag run after they came down pit road. That car looked like you couldn't turn it in a 40-acre field, and that's why he kept hitting the wall. Yeah. Well, I do know for sure. I think it was something set up related for sure because I, I do know that they they did it twice with new tires. Um, so it must have been something with getting that car broken on right sides because, it, yeah, absolutely. Or starting on – or like Iris Saunders said, don't, don't start on too low air pressures. That's right. You're on your own if you do that, and we don't know – what they had, but I bet you they tried to go as low as they could. You don't want, you don't need excess air in those tires on a long run. A couple of guys led this race, Rich, that I don't think we'd normally think about being up front. Albert Francis led 10 laps in this event unofficially. Um, we obviously have talked about the other ones. Jake Garcia in his first Winchester 400 start, which I thought was hard to believe, but it was true. Uh, he led about 20 laps. Dakota Stroop led a handful of laps. Noah Gregson led, led a handful of laps. Chase Berta leading some laps. Uh, Jake Finch out in front with the 51F for uh, a couple of laps before he got rooted out of the way. Um, good runs for Bearden. Dakota Stroop finishes fifth in this race. Uh, Bearden is up in the top ten. Uh, just again, uh, you know, I think about these guys who kept their nose clean, kept the fenders on it all the way to the end, and then posted good finishes. Now let's talk about the finish of this race. Really, the last 100 laps played out a little different than most Winchester 400s. Two caution flags in the final 100 laps, Rich. One of them coming near the 50-lap mark. Lap 352, I think, is when the caution waved. And much to my surprise, made me look like a fool over the PA, everybody came down pit road for that last 47-lap run. What? Except one guy. <laughs> Except one guy. Nasty, did he stay out? <laughs> no, Chase Berta stayed. No, Chase Berta stayed out. No, on that, that was no, that was he. He led laps uh, earlier in the race. I'm talking about 350. Um, so I guess there were more than there were three cautions in the final 100 laps because the stage break was at lap 300, uh, yeah. and that is when Chase stayed out and led laps. At lap 352, everybody came down pit road. Uh, except for one car I think who wanted to wave around, maybe Jaden Kratachi. Um, but the CRA pace truck was the only thing going around Winchester Speedway. With 46 laps left to go when they took the green flag, Rich, I was very surprised at that decision. Well, I was down in pit road, and that was the last two tires everybody had. Yeah. Now, okay, when they came back out on the racetrack to join you, there was no coming back. They, Like I said to you, these guys have made their bed. They're going to lay in it. Yep. And, you know, it was an, it was ironic. You know, Anthony Campy chose, we're taking left sides on this last restart. All three of the Donnie Wilson Motorsports team took right sides. So it was like, what's going to work? They were totally on different strategies the whole race. And Steve and Nancy spent a lot of time out front. Not as much as Cole Butcher did early, but he still spent a lot of time out front. And Steven Nassie's car got better when they put the left sides on that thing. Uh, so, go, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I thought that Steven Nassie had the advantage on that restart and the chance to get away. And he did just that. Uh, dropped the hammer, got away from the field, and was out 
in front, looking for his back-to-back Winchester 400 win. And he was well on his way until the caution flag flew, Rich, with uh, 12 laps to go. Caution flag comes out, and race control obviously goes through their motions. It clicks all the way down to lap 390, and we have a restart with nine laps to go, and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> it was it was the moment in the Winchester 400 that you had been waiting for, right? There was no real drama in the race up until that point, and you wondered what was going to be the storyline for the 52nd running of the Winchester 400, and those two made it evidently clear what the storyline was going to be for this year. Yeah, exactly, and I think... All the way up to that point in the race, the biggest drama was Ty Majeski going out on lap forty-two. A hundred percent, breaking the that was everybody was like Majeski's out. Oh yeah. my gosh, this is going to change the whole Winchester four hundred. Well, did it really? Because he wasn't winning when he broke. Um, so I don't know, but um, Zach, we talked about this a few times. We gave our opinions. Does it still happen? I don't know, but maybe. <clears throat> I think Stephen Nassi, he was good on the bottom on when he, he would pass a lot of cars on the bottom coming off a of turn two, and he was getting good runs all day long. Um, I don't know why he didn't pick the bottom on that restart. So on the restart, Giovanni Ruggiero is on the bottom. Stephen Nassi, as the control car at the choose cone, elected to go to the top. And uh, again, you can debate you can debate this until you're blue in the face. I think Giovanni Ruggiero with 10 laps, 9 laps to go in the Winchester 400 as a Winchester 400 rookie. People forget about that. This is Giovanni's first year in a super late model, first full season, okay? ASA CRA Super Series champion. He's 17 years old. <laughs> you do anything you can, knowing what the repercussions are going to be, for a shot at the Winchester 400. Now, watching it live, I thought what everybody else thought. Geo squeezed him into the wall. And that's how I called it locally for the PA. 22, squeezes Steven Nassi into the wall. New leader, Giovanni Ruggiero. After the race, I had a chance to kind of peek into the to, to the uh, TV booth, uh, Pit Row TV, uh, who was producing the show, and they had a great drone shot of the incident in turn one. Giovanni's car and Steven's car and the wall all three items were never touching each other at the same time. Let me just put it that way, okay? I all, believe that. All three things were never touching each other at the same time. Giovanni ran him in tight, and they did make contact, but Giovanni was away from Stephen Nassi's car by probably a foot, a foot and a half, before Stephen got in the fence. But what well, Gio, a delay but, factor, but, but but what Gio, not trying to save the thing. Well, but what Geo did is it, it has nothing to do with saving it. What Geo did is he ran Steven into the marbles, and it didn't matter how much wheel or brake Steven put in that car, it was never going to turn. And so, by virtue, he ends up in the fence, is able to get it off of the off of the wall, in fourth, and about caused chaos going into turn three. And I don't know if you've seen an angle of it yet, but. Again, you could say that Steven got loose coming out of two. William Sawalich definitely did get loose coming out of two, and as he was gathering it up, he chased it down the track and then realized who was behind him, realized who his teammates were, and threw a block on Steven Nassie, and Nassie turned him going into three. And I don't know how William Sawalich saved that race car, but somehow 
he did not wreck going into turn three. I, I give you a time. I give you, I tease you a little bit too much about your boy, right? Yes. That, yeah. that was a heck of a driving <laughs> effort by him on down, down that last lap and into turn number three because William Sawalich could have been out in the trees out back. Oh, a hundred percent. Easily. A hundred percent. So I thought he did a great job and well, he, he moved up out of the way. I think he wanted out of Nessie's way. Oh, hell yeah, he did. That's I don't care who yeah. you are. I don't. It could be my mom that Stephen Nassie's mad at and wants to go wreck. See ya. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good luck. We'll deal with this yeah. afterward. <laughs> and, and I think William Sawalich knew that and yeah. said, I'm staying out of this. Go get him. And Nassie drove by him and got rid of Sawalich in three and four. Yep. And set his sights on Cole Butcher and just couldn't get there. Never could get there. Uh, Cole Butcher hangs on for second. Giovanni Ruggiero wins the race. And then comes the part that everybody, you know, everybody. When Nassie, when Nassie did get there. Everybody <laughs> knew this was coming, right? They take the checkered flag. They start the cool down lap in one and two. Everybody's cooling down except one guy. <laughs> Steven Nassie is just getting fired up. And uh, so he confronts Gio on the front stretch, uh, does the Denny Hamlin, pulls down in front of him and, and keeps him from doing his victory lane celebration. And I think up until that point, everything is going exactly the way you would expect it to go after what happened in turns one and two. Before we continue, the comment of that situation, to be honest, I know we were working with him and everything, but it was Adam Mackey. Steven Nassi pulled up to Gio Ruggiero to let him know where he finished in the race. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. And that, that is exactly what he did. And uh, so then, you know, Gio, Gio tries to get away from the situation. Puts the car in reverse, backs up, puts it in first, stalls it. Right? As he's trying to pull away, stalls the car. 400 laps, that clutch is a little warm. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Um, and, and as he stalls it, this gives who I can only assume is maybe a crew chief or, or, or somebody from NASI's crew, the opportunity to jump the wall and remind Gio again where he finished in the race. And, and as that individual walks by, Gio gets the car fired up again and is now going to rub it in Steven's face and do a burnout in front of Steven Nassie's car. That's exactly what was going to happen, okay? I, I, was, I was above everybody. I could see exactly what oh, was going to happen. Coming. I was like... He's going to do a burnout in front of Steven Nassie's face and then get his ass kicked. Yeah. Well, what he didn't see was that after the first crew member jumped over, two more decided to do the same thing, and one guy jumped over behind Giovanni Ruggiero's door. And Gio didn't know he was there. It's that simple. And, and he gassed up to, to do his burnout, struck the individual. Uh, thank God didn't strike him. I mean, any time you get struck by a car, it's not going to be a light hit. But thank God did not hit him with a ton of force, enough to take his feet out from under him. But he got right back up under his own power. Gio shut the car off as soon as he realized something. That was something. not a small man that he hit. It was not. <clears throat> uh, Giovanni shut the car off as soon as he realized what had happened. As soon as he realized, that, I mean, the, the car shut right off. Uh, and then after that, all hell, all hell breaks loose. I think Steven, I've said this from the beginning, I think Steven still tries to get to Gio at some point to confront him about the on-track incident. But as soon as he saw one of his crew members go, go down, now it's personal, and, and that's why he charged at him. Uh, and a great, great job by Winchester Security, too, because I openly support conflict at the races. I think it brings fans in. I think it makes you want to watch it more. I know we've had this discussion before. Uh, I openly support a little bit of on-track conflict. 
But good job by the Winchester security team to keep Stephen Nassie from killing that poor kid <laughs> because he was going in the window and he was coming out with Giovanni Ruggiero. Yeah, Gio Ruggiero is what, 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, 120 pounds? Soaking wet. Yes, he he was in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> There were, there were enough people there telling him, don't you get out of this race car. Do not get out of this race that, car. That's the worst thing he could have ever done. But uh, I don't know. Um, boy, I, I, I imagine after this weekend, ticket sales for the All-American 400 are going to go through the roof. Well, right? and so let me just close on what and happened. Steve, and Stephen promised, all but promised that. Let me, right? just, let me just close in on what happened on the front stretch. Okay. Final thoughts on what happened on the front stretch. Under no circumstances... At any facility, should you ever enter the racetrack until you are instructed to do so. 100%. And right there's another reminder why. That poor kid, thank God he didn't hurt him, is going to have to, you know, he, he, he hit somebody with his race car, and he's going to remember that for the rest of his life. Uh, and, and it's an unfortunate situation that should have never happened. But thank God that person did not get more seriously injured than the bumps and bruises that he's got this morning. But and- you know, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not, uh, normally I don't go out of my way to stick up for Gio Ruggiero, right? Right. Um, he's done enough things this year to. He's aggressive. People, he's aggressive. Huh? He's aggressive. <laughs> Slightly, right? <laughs> William Byron is not on his Christmas card list. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. Uh, after what he did to William Byron at Hickory. Um, but Gio never saw the guy. No. Nope. So I'm, I'm not holding him responsible for what happened. He was what he was going to do. He was going to light those tires up and put all that tire smoke in Nassie's windshield. Yep, absolutely, that was the plan. Yep. But once, I think he felt that he hit something. Either that, or the spotter to. told him. Either that, or the spotter told him, or something. Because as soon as he spun the car around, he shut it down. Yep. Right yep. away. So you know. So but I yeah, give him credit for that. Uh, Nassie's final two quotes, I think, were crystal clear. Sometimes you're the fire hydrant. Sometimes you're the dog. Uh, I was young and dumb once, and we'll see him again at the All-American. <laughs> uh, that, I, I, we've had several conversations, and I, we've interviewed Stephen Nassi many times. That is as close to a promise that you're ever going to get out of Stephen Nassi. So, Way too early prediction, Rich. Does the 22 Gio car... Gio Ruggiero is not going to win the All-American Does 400. the 22 car even finish the All-American 400? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Oh, I do man. not think he finishes the All American 400. That's my opinion. All right. I Stephen Nassi wants. Stephen Nassi has a personal vendetta with Five Flag Speedway. Yep. He's not going to cost himself there. Right. He's got guitars. Right. All right. Another one is not going to make his day. He's the defending champion there at the All American 400. How much blocking got, does Donnie Wilson Motorsports do on behalf of the 22 car? In, in I don't think you can there. I don't yeah. think you can there. Yeah. Really. I think they're, it, that's too big of a racetrack, Zach. I mean, yeah. there's so much room. It's so wide. Um, I think you just got to – Donnie Wilson has probably got to put an order in for a race car before he goes to All-American 400 because he may need it because that one may not come back home <laughs> the way it went. Bring the backup car. You might not make it out of practice, friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, no, I don't know. No, he doesn't have to deal with him twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And Zach, now on the phone lines, we have your 2023 uh, Jake Seary All-Stars Tour champion also picked up his first win in the Chevrolet Performance Winchester 100 this weekend out of Lapeer, Michigan. Chase Berto, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Yep. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Big weekend for you, man. You finally, after 
all the frustrations, talking to you all year, talking to your dad. This is the one you wanted. Uh, you had the championship. You knew that was happening. But, man, what a great weekend. What a way to close it out. Yeah, it was. Uh, running the race at Winchester like a month ago, we knew we had a good car for this weekend. So uh, I felt like we unloaded like where we were that race. And uh, it just showed on Friday just uh, how we were able to dominate the race and the whole whole day. I was talking to your dad when you before you went out, you were in the car, and I said, patience, patience, patience. And then you decided to take the lead relatively early. Kind of talk about that decision. Yeah, I feel like when uh, when I get up front, I'm able to just now, since I got more experience up front, I'm able to pace myself better. And uh, and I feel like when you have like the new tires, it's easier to get around people at Winchester, especially. And I feel like if I could get there and then just ride and stay up front, I feel like uh, it would have been hard for Hind or Kamineski to get back around me. Well, and the other thing, too, I was going to say is when you went through the field, uh, you brought Michael Hind right with you. Uh, was there any concern about that, or did you pretty much know it was going to be you two for the race? Yeah, that's kind of what I expected just from the race like a month ago. He was, it was me and him for the lead. Um, so... Once we got out front and I saw him, uh, they just kept telling me just to kind of leave the same gap in the mirror. And uh, I tried, and Brandon, the spotter, he helped me and, like, calmed me down. So I feel like we uh, did really well there. So calm you down. Did you know that um, he was closing a bit towards the end? Yeah, uh, they they weren't really telling me he was closing, but, like, looking in the mirror, you could – tell he was closing um they didn't want to get me too worked up i think so um but yeah definitely near the end there i saw him coming and uh definitely had to step it up and run harder well and see it's funny because when i asked your dad he said ah we were just we were just maintaining and you know we'd tell him to slow down and he'd get inside that second bracket and we'd say okay get you know pick it back up get back above that one second mark um did you and he and your dad said too that you had a lot more car left. Uh, did you did you truly feel that way in the race car? Yeah, I think so. Um, even like after the race, like people were telling me that I was like lifting at the finish line and stuff. Um, but yeah, I feel like if he got to us, we we could have put it like I don't know, maybe like gapped him again. But um, I guess. He really never got too close to where I could have seen, like, the full potential of what we had. But well, definitely, I think we had more or less. You had already wrapped up the Jags Tour Championship, but another win at Winchester less than a month uh, from, well, I guess a little over a month from the last time you did it, still just as fun and exciting. And, and you didn't have to do it in such dramatic fashion this <laughs> time either. Yeah, this one was a lot simpler as you could say um <laughs> have to make that last lap past the win but um yeah it definitely was just as special just like that was the championship night and everything so and my whole like family all my sisters and everybody was there so it was definitely like a big special night for us and everyone but I was definitely more worked up after the one a month ago, just with the last lap. <laughs> well, and after you win a month ago, right, do you return kind of feeling like, 
were the favorites. Uh, we, 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 we need to win this race. Yeah, I felt that. And I was talking, I think, to Gordon, uh, saying, like, there's some pressure just because everybody thinks we're going to be the guy to beat. So I feel like if we didn't win, it would have been on me. So, yeah. And Chase, you know, Winchester is always Winchester, right? The the unexpected can happen at any time. I think that it was that the reason that you wanted to get out there and just in case you made a mistake. You're you're making, you know, 200 corners, right? In 100 laps. If you make a mistake, you still want to be able to have that lead and not have that one second turn into a half a car length. Yeah, that's it, especially. And their restarts, too, I feel like are really critical. And being on the high side on the restarts are important. So I feel like if I was able to get to the lead and, like, knowing there's that caution at lap 50, we would have had our preferred lane and have a good start. Talk about the high line. You just mentioned it. You look awfully comfortable up there at both ends of the racetrack. It seems like you run a little bit lower, and I don't know if it's conscious, through three and four but you are not scared of that wall in one and two at all yeah <laughs> i think i get some of that from the dirt stuff just like running the cushion and stuff <laughs> but um yeah that's that's another thing is it's i love running up there it's fine it keeps you on your toes and uh, i feel like i'm it works up there really well and there's such a fine line too and and really I think we saw that at the extreme end of the 400 on Sunday. Everybody knows what happened. Um, there's a really fine line from being fast on the top to being in the marbles and being loose on the top. And it, <clears throat> I feel like it's different on each end of the racetrack. And the room that there is in that fine line is different on each end of the racetrack. Is, is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like speaking of like the dirt stuff and the cushion, it's kind of like that, except it's like rubber, like marbles, and once you're in that, you're kind of long for the ride. So, um, yeah, and especially, like, with the 400, I felt like the line kind of, like, moved around, and it was, I don't know, there's just so much character at Winchester, and things change so fast. Inside the lap ten, last 10 laps of the Winchester 100, it was, there was, visually, you could tell that that, that 18 machine was nowhere near the wall on either end of the racetrack. Was that a specific decision to say, run the middle, don't get anywhere near it this late in the race? Yeah, just kind of protect and stay safe there. Don't want to like risk anything, especially while leading. Um, but yeah, I felt like our car was good wherever wherever I put it on Friday. So I felt like when we were like lower, it was still just as good. All right, just so just that to cap off the Winchester 100, I have to know this because if I wasn't so well aware of my surroundings, I would have found out. <laughs> um, alcoholic or non-alcoholic champagne? Oh my lord in heaven! <laughs> I can't believe you just asked that question. Uh, For legal reasons, Chase, it was non-alcoholic champagne. <laughs> yeah, it was it's a sparkling stuff. It's, it's just us. Well, three, I guess Jay. it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. So let me let me fix this question for Rich before you answer it. Okay, <laughs> before you answer this question, I'm gonna fix it. 
alcoholic or non-alcoholic champagne that was sprayed on you? Not the bottle that you drank out of, just the stuff that was sprayed. <laughs> I didn't even drink out of any bottle. So there you go. That was the that was the right <laughs> answer. answer. Man. Good job. Good job. Chase Burrow for president, twenty twenty four. Only water. Now let's move on. Um, we're going to ask Matt Demick the same question later on because it played into his run for a championship and and his win on Sunday. Saturday becomes a new day for you. New car, new new uh, new setup, new engine package, same team. Um, what's the mindset going into Saturday? It's supposed to be Winchester 400 pole qualifying day. Are you guys pretty much preparing to have to start on practice times, or what is what is your guys' philosophy going in? Yeah, I felt like just looking at the radar and everything, um, we were talking and we kind of treated like the second practice like it was our qualifying so uh friday the first or saturday the first practice we kind of well we just did our normal practice stuff and made laps and tweaked on the car and then uh the second practice came and we just did a mock run and uh yeah so i felt like we well we anticipated that that was going to be our qualifying second question related to qualifying day Will you ever learn how to draw anything other than an eight for important <laughs> races in your career? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, definitely need to start practicing, though. <laughs> I got for that. Sure. I, now, I wasn't. I don't think any media was down at the trailer except Racing America. Um, when you drew that eight, what, I mean, was it just like, ah, here we go again? I mean, did you care for 400 laps? How important was the redraw? Yeah, uh, the biggest thing was I just wanted to start on the top and uh, okay mission accomplished then i guess yeah so we got that but definitely didn't want the eight it's always just not fun just knowing you could be better but um but yeah it's 400 laps so i guess we really didn't weren't like too upset about it just knowing that we had a long race to get up front and everything and we just had to pace ourselves the first like 90 percent of the race so your day was kind of like everybody else's. You could go through everybody up there in the top five or six that you were battling with. Every one of them had a good run. Every one of them had a bad run, right, where the, where the tires fell off. or um, And they were looking for the caution and never got it and, and lost some spots. Kind of go through your day and, and kind of tell us, because I, I had talked to your dad right near the end, and he told me what the strategy was. Um, I'm sure you are aware of it as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. It was just pace and try to stay in the lead lap and uh the first like our first good run like i we had a good car it felt and uh we were just riding and then um we took uh right sides and i don't know what happened but like the sun came out and we just started getting loose and uh kind of just losing it there and then um yeah, so we started chasing the car for pretty much the first, like, 250 laps, and we ended up a lap down. So we were kind of off schedule on what we wanted, but, uh, yeah, we were able to catch a lucky dog and get back on the lead lap and try to battle for the rifle. Your dad told me uh, early Sunday morning, and he said, uh, I believe there are five cars who can win this race. I believe there are maybe another five who could luck their way into it. And then I believe there are other guys who are here just to race the 400. And he said, I believe that we're a top five car and we could probably luck our way into a win. Um, 
what was the mindset when you went a lap down, knowing that those are that that was his expectation of the program? Um, when you guys go a lap down between you, your dad, and the spotter, what's the mindset? What's the coaching? What are you telling yourself at that moment to keep you guys in contention to to be up front? Yeah, uh, during that run, like uh, they were saying that. Uh, I can't remember who was leading at the time, but he was coming and he was getting close. So I was getting worried. And, uh, so once they got around me, I was kind of like in my head, just upset. And like at that point, honestly, just thought the race was over for us. Um, but Brandon and Gordon, they kept my head on straight and they kept talking me through everything to make sure I stayed in it. And, uh, um, yeah, so once we had the uh, caution, it was like a 20-lap battle like to the stage for that lucky dog spot. So once we had that, I felt like we had a good chance to get back on the lead lap and back in the ball game. Does that mess up your pit strategy? Um, and I know that with the rules, the lucky dog can go down pit road, but did that change up what you guys had to do? Did you have to make a new plan after that moment? Uh, no, just because I felt like from the time we went the lap down, there was we had we got lucky with like there's like two or three cautions back to back, so we kind of lucked out there with strategy just because of there's like three people that got lucky dogs, and that's kind of like right where we were. So it really didn't change anything. And then we kind of gambled there on the 300, like lap 300 that stage, and uh, stayed yeah, out. You, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's and that was my question. I was going straight there. So you get the stage break, you stay out, and coming back out. Let me just say, days, well, let me just yeah. say, how many times I checked race monitor to see if he was trying to get a wave around. I'm like, no, he's on the lead lap. This kid's going for it. <laughs> <laughs> so all three Donnie Wilson Motorsports cars, Stephen Nassie, come back out. They all have tires. What are you thinking? Yeah, well, we were down, going down the back stretch, and you, like, drop down to the bottom, like, declaring that you're going to the pit. And I was like, everybody's pitting. And they were like, yeah, we're not. And so, <laughs> like, so I was getting nervous there, especially just how stout the field was and the Wilson cars and Nasty and all them right behind me. So that was probably one of my most nervous restarts of my life. Well, uh, just knowing they got new Hoosiers. Yeah, but it was it wasn't that long. Let's keep it in perspective. It's not like you were out there on hundred lap old tires, right? It hadn't been that long since you had been down pit road and got tires of your own. Yeah, yep. So, but I felt like we had a good start there, and we actually were able to hold our own for like two, three laps. Well, you led then... four laps, uh, so you, you you did lead four laps. And here's what I want to talk about before we get into what what rooted you out of the top five, and and I use the word rooted lightly. Um, you restart with Steven Nasty, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into something here. Nasty Nasty has kind of become nicely Nasty in, in some aspects of the sport. Now, what happened at the end of the race, we kind of got to see the Steven Nasty of years gone by. But on that restart, Chase, is Steven Nasty just another race car driver that you're running against, or do you know that he is going to run you tight and he's going to run you hard? And are you concerned at all that he's going to move you out of the way, or do you believe that he's going to race you with respect? What are your thoughts when that 51 is firing off to your inside? Yeah, uh, I've kind of talked to him, so I feel like he would race you and with of course, respect. So. I, want, I want to back up for just a second, too, before you answer all the way, Chase. 
Rich and I talk to Stephen all the time, and and we appreciate him as a gentleman outside of the race car. But we've never had the chance to race against him, so we only know what we see, right? We 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 know what the media presents, and we know what we see, and we know who he is outside of the race car. So that's why I ask you about when you're actually in that position to race against him. Yeah. Um, well, I've been like or side by side with him before and raced with him, and he's never roughed me up or anything so when that happened like when i knew he was there to my inside on the restart i didn't i knew he was going to try to get around me fast and quick just that way he can get back up to the front and try to run away with it um but i didn't expect him to rough me up or anything um and i felt like he gave me room and like he raced me hard but it was like clean hard racing and he did concede the spot for about I don't know, three quarters of a lap. He tucked in line behind you and, and kind of and set stuff up to, to get back around you. And then after that happened, here, here comes the big bad mafia. Um, from where I was, it definitely looked like the Wilson Motorsports kids said, we got to get this guy out of here. He don't belong here. Um, maybe it wasn't that rough inside the race car, but, man, they drove you pretty aggressively, from my opinion. Uh, what, what, what did you feel happened there? Yeah, uh, well, I, once Nancy got around me, I was kind of just trying to run the higher line and just try to stay up front as much as I could. Um, but yeah, Geo got to me, and he was uh, to my inside. He didn't hit me for a lap, and then the second lap, he he just hit me in the left rear and got me out of the groove. And then Butcher hit me. <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> just like a train just <laughs> getting hit, but. Did you know, know that? Did Did you know they were trying to put you three wide? Yeah. Oh my goodness, I uh, forgot well, about like, that, Rich. Holy smokes! Yeah, they went three wide coming out of two a couple times. Coming out of two, Butcher tried to make room where there wasn't room. Yeah. In between Twice. Gio and, and Chase, and then I think he did it again off of four, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, we were coming in the one, and I saw Geo's there, and then. Uh, they're like, all right, Butcher's trying to make it three wide now. And I looked in the little side mirror and I saw his little nose. I was like, oh, like this is not going to be good. <laughs> well, and there's nowhere for you to go, right? You're already pinned against the outside wall. Yeah. So kind of, we went into three, hoping for the best. But yeah, I just felt like they just pushed me right out of the way. Didn't give me a shot at all. When you and I don't know that I don't know that any of those two will be ever be on this show. But would you expect anything less from either one of them? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Raced with them before, and, yeah, they drive the same. <laughs> so after that contact, and, and I don't know if the media plays it up too much, and, of course, Rich and I are part of the media, we announce, and, and it's definitely a storyline that we bring up. After that contact and two, three cars hit you, I would call that significant. Is the car going away? Was there any concern about tire rubs, any concern about bent track bars or anything like that, or, or was it not that was it not that aggressive? Uh, well, they definitely got into me, but I felt like it wasn't enough to really do anything like that, major damage to the car. So we kind of just got our head on straight and uh, just kept going with it and trying to take advantage of the track position. It had me messed up all day because on the driver's door the rest of the race, I'm like, where'd that 19 come from? <laughs> I was trying to figure out where he was at because they put a heck of a donut on that door and weren't shy about it. <laughs> Yeah, they did. <laughs> All right, let's talk yeah. about uh, let's talk about the final run to the checkered flag. Um, we get a caution, I think, with 
47 laps to go, and I'm thinking nobody's coming. Boy, was I wrong. Everybody came down pit road one final time. You're on the same cycle as everybody else. You're on the lead lap. What are, what are you missing there? Uh, you and Jake Finch put on a great run, a great battle inside that kind of fifth through seventh spot. What are you missing there that, that keeps you out of the top five? Uh, I think just we lack drive off there. And then also I felt like there at that last that last restart, we had a I think we had a shot at the top five because I feel like we got our setup back where it needed to be. Um, just kind of like Nasty and Geo, their incident kind of shuffled us pretty good in mid-pack. And then uh, Finch like slid up the track and that kind of bunched guys up too. So then it was just me, Nason, and um, uh, Bearden. And yeah, Bearden. Wow. Hard. Yeah, I forgot about Tyler. He had a good day too. Or Logan, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, Logan, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of like us three, and I couldn't get around Austin. So, with that, uh, Bearden got around me, and then I kind of just lost my chance at the top five. But at the beginning of the day, I didn't think we would have a shot. Or a shot but coming to the end, I think we had a shot at the top five. So, I, I have to ask you, because we're, we just have to know, you were, in, you were up there on that restart. Did Steven get too high, or did Gio treat Steven just like he treated you? Yeah, it looked like last year, deja vu, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I haven't – I just seen, like, it once, and, yeah, it looks exactly like what happened to me last year with Gio. I will say, if you watch the replay, um, if, you, if you watch the replay, the TV angle – shows a little bit different story, but not much. Gio definitely ran him high, um, but Nasty didn't get in the wall until Gio was already away from him. So um, that's the TV angle, though. It shows that. But, but Steven what, was still trying to save the damn thing. That's exactly right. And that's what we talked about earlier, right, uh, Chase, is there's there's marbles up there. Even as close as you guys run to the wall, if you are half a tire groove over that line, you're going to get sucked into the wall, as you mentioned, like a heavy a heavy cushion. Yeah. Yeah, and that was it. It's Winchester. It's so it's just a different, unique track compared to anything. So when that happens, are you hard. when you when that happens? Are do you go on defense now, waiting for the aftermath? I mean, that happens to Steven, and then he almost hooks Sawalich down the back straightaway. Is your spotter in your ear telling you heads up here because shit could hit the fan? Yeah, that's how it was, and just it felt like it happened so fast and. And where I was, it was just everybody kind of all over the place, like like three wide, just moving everywhere. So it was kind of just try to keep defenders on it, too, and try to make up as much ground as you can. Dirt late model restart at pick a racetrack, Brownstown, Merritt, uh, Oakshade. Dirt late model restart, Winchester 400 restart with 10 to go, which is more chaotic. Well, that Winchester 400, I would say that one's got it. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so you come home seventh, Chase. Uh, you lead some laps. Uh, you put that 18 car and your sponsors out front at the 52nd running of the Winchester 400. You finish seventh inside the top ten. Two spots out of what, of what your dad said was his goal. Um, you sound, though, as though you were pretty happy with that based on where your mindset was going in. Um how how did everybody feel about that performance on Sunday? Yeah, I think uh, just for us, our the bigger picture was just 
to complete the whole 400 laps and uh just that was it survive and then uh top five would have been really good and we felt like if we just completed the 400 uh we would have been top five but there i was just surprised with how many cars were on the lead lap and running at the time because it seems like it's been lower at the end there's always more wrecks or whatever yeah yeah, it was and a relatively saw, clean I, race. Yeah, and I saw where you were running, Chase, and after, after that. And after Stephen darn near hooked Sawalich, right, uh, I, I think William did a great job saving that car. Once he gets by him, my first thought was, Gio better not let Nassie get anywhere near him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been like a green-white checkered. <laughs> well, and, there's, well, and, there's, and there's your top five finish, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think at that point, let's be honest. If Geo gets to Cole, or excuse me, if if Steven gets to Cole, he's moving Cole, and if he gets to Geo, he's wrecking Geo, and Cole's still probably right there too. I think you're. I think if you're Chase Berta, you're battling William Sawalich and uh, and uh, uh, Bearden for a Winchester 400 win. Yeah, I mean realistically, but that's not what happened. So that's not what he got to do. Winchester 400s in the bag, but. Um, a little birdie told us over the weekend that this is not the last crown jewel on your radar, not confirming that you're going, but you got your eyes set on something going on in December, right? Yeah, that's the plan right now. Uh, I think we're for sure doing the snowflake, and then I'm pretty positive about the snowball. Um, we feel really good about the snowflake. The snowball, we're still just questioning kind of still just because of how out the field and everything is over there but i don't know I'm seventh like at the winchester 400 uh, i mean come yeah. on <laughs> yeah but i think we're about like 90 percent sure we're going for the derby too so now one thing yeah, that we, we heard is is you know you, you'd be a rookie at five flags um anything i mean anybody that you're leaning on any test sessions i mean what what does the preparation look like if if you guys go down there yeah i think we'll go up there in November for a test and then um another thing is just get on the sim and run five flags as much as I can just to kind of get an idea of what it's like and the track and everything Chase uh one of the things that we put on social media we asked people if they had any questions for you the same question recurs over and over again and I don't know why it keeps coming up because you've just been running both this year so I don't know why you don't run both next year but any plans to concentrate an effort one way or the other for you next year or with the success that you've had on pavement? i got to imagine it makes it hard. I know you've told us before that you have more fun on dirt in, in you know, perspective, relative, right? But do you guys think you'll concentrate an effort one way or another, or do you think you'll do both again next year? Um, I think right now, uh, well, it's still all up in the air and everything, but um, now I think my dad's really – focused in on the pavement stuff and really wants to pursue that um i still like my dirt like uh fisk and tim dale all them guys they support me and help me a lot so uh i i think we'll still have a good dirt late model program for next year um we'll just kind of see and time will tell on what what we're going to do well, Chase, you couldn't, have had, you couldn't have had a much better year than what you ended up with prior to the start of what you, you know, before the start of the season, how you ended up. Um, 
really couldn't have gone much better. Now's the time to give a shout out to uh, everybody that was a part of this championship and your first Winchester uh, 100 win. Yeah, um, Van Dorn Racing Development for sure, uh, Fist Trucking, uh, Lapeer Pool and Spa, the Country Market, um, Burns Concrete, uh, Silly Knot Coffee Company, um, and then just my family and everybody that's helped me, close friends, and um, there's just a ton of people that have helped me throughout this whole year. So we got to step it up for next year, okay? Zach and I partook in the a Silly Knot Coffee, right? That's right. And, yep. and we went with the pavement and the dirt flavor, right? We liked yep. them both. So, Zach, we, we liked them both. Yep, I next got the dirt. Year, that was good. Next year, you got to bring us in in the country market deal because that looks a whole lot more filling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that stuff's good. Uh, they, they treat us well. I go there uh, right before we go to the race to get our box box of meat and yeah it's always good well man uh congratulations uh you know we were kind of talking with adam Mackey as he was helping me call that race on friday and remembering the chase berta that won probably 900 feature events a day uh at the indoor stuff and um watching you progress man and and just kind of build on your career uh, this is pretty cool to see what you've done and, and become a Jags Tour champion. And, you know, a one you, you brought it up in Victory Lane, a one-time junior late model champion as well. And who knows what's next, man? Maybe next year we'll be calling you as the Winchester 400 champion or the All-American 400 champion or something like that, man, if you stick it up. Or uh, dirt side, hell, I'll call you as a Lucas Oil late model dirt series winner too. I don't care. I'll call for either reason. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be cool <laughs> for to sure. win a Lucas race and the 400. There you go. Hell, why not do both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Well, hey, congratulations. Uh, Jake's Tour champion, Jake's Tour winner at Winchester, seventh in Sunday's Winchester 400. First time, by the way, Chase Berta led laps at the Winchester 400 on Sunday, too. So uh, pretty cool stat that-wise. Chase, man, thank you so much for joining us. Have a good night, man. Yep, thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, Zach, I'll take a little bit of a break here just for a second. It is the third Monday of the month, and we know what that means. Gary, did you know time? On the phone lines now, my partner, Gary Lindahl. Gary, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. It's amazing how time flies. This is quiz number 30 already. Can you believe that, Rich? Yeah, I, I, Number when 30. You said, when you sent that to me the other day and I saw quiz 30 at the top, I was like, Man, I haven't even kept a job that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? Now you have. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's for now, sure. But uh, this is cool, Gary. You went. I, this one here has a little different angle, but it's still got some Gary Lindahl flavor to it. It does. You know, every once in a while you have to do that. Now, I haven't so, previewed sure... this one, so I'm excited. Do I have a shot, Rich? Do I have any chance in the world? Uh, you might have one shot all right we'll see maybe we'll see all right yeah okay one is high for what i would (laughs) i would too wait wait till he hears this and then he's gonna go i got nothing i got nothing all right the anticipation's killing me gentlemen let's get into it all right question number one and like i said this is the fun stuff this is fun you know you got to think about it Name the super modified driver you couldn't leave in the rain. 
think about it. It makes sense. It does when you see the answer. I, see, <laughs> I, I, I'm not previewing them this week, so I'm like, uh, I'm thinking of all the things <laughs> that you wouldn't leave. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can think of, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there is. All right, let's but try I know. All right, question all right. one. We'll repeat it. Name the super modified driver that you couldn't leave in the rain. Gary, question number two. Question number two is, he was really good in the Burgundy Stroh's sponsored number 122. Not many Name three, him. Not hmm. many three-digit numbers out there that were that were super popular. No, so. not at all. It's a good one. Somebody will get that. I would think so. That's a, Yeah, I would think so. Not that Zach would, but nope, somebody would. over my head, but I, I, felt, I felt like I needed to add something to it anyhow. <laughs> That's okay, Zach, but you know what? A lot of this is over your head, so there's no big deal there. Anyway, <laughs> we, a, are on a, we are on a roll. It's par for the course, okay? It's number three. Par for the course. We're on a ro- See, we're on a roll, and these are fun quizzes sometimes. <sighs> what was j- dubbed the chicken coop, and who drove it? Ooh, I like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, see? Wouldn't be Burt Reynolds. <laughs> That's would be my age. No, no I, I know it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I think somebody might get this one too, Gary, because um, it's a familiar name. Right, it is. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Not that Zach would. He's zero for three. But no, nope, no. Nope, I'm just sitting here right. looking. I'm just sitting here looking pretty. That's what I can do right now. <laughs> there, there you go. Well, we'll move on to question number four. Here you go, Zach. This is your shot. Oh, boy. Who was the first woman to win a late model feature at Spartan? Ooh. Ooh, yeah. How about that? First huh? woman. Somebody will get this one, too. To win a sure. late model. Uh, I'm sorry, a late model feature at Spartan. At Spartan. Huh. There this you go. A, this was a while ago, wasn't it, Gary? Uh, yes, it was. It was a while ago. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Well, all the names that came to my mind are out the window then. <clears throat> exactly. All right. All right. Yep. You're right. 0 for 4. That's why we do these things, though. The, the, uh, the, the Zach Street continues. Educate the people of uh, of the history of the motorsports industry. Uh, so that's why we do these things. That's what we're doing. This that's is a history lesson. Pretty cool. Gary, story. one of these weeks you're going to have to give Zach a question that's from the past 10 years. Give me a cur- Yeah, give me a softball, <laughs> would you? Like, like. Who was the 2018, you know, American Ethanol Late Model Tour champion or something like that? Yeah, I mean, come oh, on. Geez, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, um, MSPA meeting coming up this Thursday, by the way. So uh, yeah, that ought to be an interesting meeting. We'll, uh, a lot going on. There's a lot of new promoters. A lot going on in the, uh, the, the Michigan area, that's for sure. Wow, good stuff. And then, uh, Gary... Next time we talk, it will be post um, Michigan Motorsports Fan Club banquet. Yes, it will. And uh, of course, I when you mentioned Chief, uh, the Chief and I actually we do MC the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. And, That's right. You know, and I hadn't realized this until somebody pointed out to me. Sadly, I am the last remaining member of the original group that formed the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. Wow. The I, called him, I called him Zach. Does that make you nervous? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. You know? But, uh, Gary, <laughs> Gary i got to ask you, uh, because you do MC this, um, 
Is this a banquet that, that the public can attend to see these folks get recognized? Sure can. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, it, it really is open to the public, yeah. Good stuff. That's, uh, well, they have probably, they have probably cut off ticket sales by now, right? Or um, are they still you know, available? I'm not quite sure, but I'm sure it's going to get full because the last few years it has been, uh, it's been full. And, of course, we get to be with our uh, uh, good friends, the Felvers and the Silvas, you know, Gorilla Racing and Tim Felver and Rosie and the group. Uh, we get together on that weekend at the Soaring Eagle. You know, so same weekend as, and it's going to uh, be interesting because that fr- that Saturday, Rich. There it is. I don't know if you know this or not. The Owasso Banquet is at Soaring Eagle, and we'll be there. Zach Gary told me he was going to be a race banquet crasher. I think Owasso he should. Speedway banquet. I think he should absolutely. He was going to walk in there in shorts and a golf shirt. I just, I just don't I, know. I'm exactly right. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm just. You know, I'm going to have socks on. I'm going to have my hey dudes on. <laughs> I'm just nervous for whoever the uh, the Anheuser Busch supplier is up there in Mount Pleasant because Bud Light is going to be on short supply with a whole weekend up there of Mr. Lindahl. Trust so. me, they are in trouble every year. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt. Gary, my friend, thank you so much uh, for another edition of Gary. Did you know? Of course, if you can somehow sweep the answers and get all four of them correct. Uh, we'll get you a Horsepower Happenings prize pack, including but not limited to a hat, uh, a uh, a sticker, maybe even a koozie signed by Gary Lindahl himself. Uh, so there you go. Ooh, boy, that yeah, could happen. That could happen. We'll up- could even be a koozie used by Gary Lindahl at the... <laughs> At the Owasso yes, Speedway Banquet. A koozie with Gary Lindahl's signature, and he used it. That will triple the value of that koozie. It will, absolutely. No oh, doubt. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Gary, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, good luck, and have fun. Ha- have fun at the uh, awards banquet coming up. Uh, for. Or, yep, excuse thank me, the you. Hall, and Hall Rich, I'll banquet. see you the 27th. Yeah, we have Flat Rock Toledo Speedway Banquet October 27th. So I'll see you. Yep, I will see you there, Gary. All right. See you then. See ya. All right, man. Bye. Well, Rich, as our uh, Winchester 400 exclusive show <laughs> continues to roll on today, uh, this one not about the Winchester 400, but it is about the Winchester 400 weekend, which was the uh, the end game for the Midwest Modified Tour presented by Wheeler Trucking this season. It's our pleasure now to welcome on the Fort Wayne, Indiana driver, Matt Dimmitt. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me. It's um, a, a privilege to uh, uh, to take this interview and this phone call. I've, I've uh, been a lot of people that have had it that I've looked up to. So, well, I tell you um, what, man, it's 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 pretty cool for us to get to talk to you too because you had I can think of I can think of some people that had some stressful weekends ahead of them. You were one of those people headed into Winchester weekend, run for the gun fifty. Um, you're in the midst of a tight points battle coming into the final weekend. Uh, you and a couple other drivers mathematically have a shot to win this championship and. Um, Take me into this weekend from your perspective, kind of, kind of defensive mode, but also knowing that you have to be on your game to, to wrap this thing up. So talk about how your weekend started and, and what the mindset was going in. Yeah, it, it's, um, so in a, a points battle with Brian Nestor, I mean, that's, uh, um, the best there is, right? You, <laughs> you better be on your game. You better have your stuff together. And, uh, we did so much stupid stuff in the shop just uh that we wouldn't have but just just preparing for it and um 
my, my dad really wanted this championship way more than what I did. Um, really? Talk, talk, talk about that. One, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, he's just, you know, one day you're, you're going to look back and you're going to want it. And I just, I just want the wins. You know, I'm, I'm, um, if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, yeah, for he, sure. He, he wanted, um, he wanted this, this championship and I'm, I, I, you know, I'm certainly glad that, that we got that and, and made that happen, but it was, um, uh, <clears throat> just a, a lot of extra preparation and, and, but still went, went to the racetrack with the goal of we're going to win this race. Um, so, so much can happen, especially Winchester to derail that, but, um, so you go into the weekend. Uh, we all have the plan, right? You guys really, it's supposed to be a one-day show for you guys. Uh, you do have the practice session on Friday. So uh, that, you know, kind of everybody took part in that. But really, get there Saturday morning, have your practice session, come back out and qualify and then go racing is the plan. Of course, right around 1 o'clock, Mother Nature steps in and has other plans, washes away Saturday and gives you more time to think about this. Good thing, bad thing, or indifferent to have to wait to Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, it's um, probably a bad thing to have to think about it. Um, yeah, just more time to play different things out in your head, and, and that's that's never good. But was it? Then you gotta sp- spend another night in the campground at Winchester, and that's, <laughs> <laughs> that can be tough. That can be dangerous. Uh, but yeah. so, so yeah, so the the program gets postponed on Saturday. Now what? Do you touch the car? Do you look the car over? Do you, I mean, you, you talk about it. You have more time to think. That's a scary place to be for a race car driver is in your own head, uh, especially with, you know, 18 hours before you get to strap into the race car. Yeah, I, I was pretty uh, pretty calm about it. You know, the <clears throat> Saturday when we hit the racetrack, I, I felt like that we had a really good car. Um just may not have had the real quick short run speed that some others did, but um, I, I I felt like that we had something. Winchester is all about the end of the race anyway. You know, there's um, who knows what you're going to have at lap 35, 40. Um, <clears throat> so I, I didn't, I wasn't so much into my, my own head. I was, I was, I was comfortable. Um, I didn't make too many changes, which is unlike me. Uh, so it was pretty stable, I guess. So you get, Matt, you get late news after you find out that you're not going to run um, on Saturday. Then you find out that it's the Winchester run for the gun 50 minus 10. So now you are kind of worried about not what you're going to have on lap 35 or 40, what you're going to have on lap 25 or 30 for the run to the end. Yeah, that uh, I think that elevated everybody. You know, everybody was uh, a little bit more impatient. Um, it, it was go time right now. Um, <clears throat> I think it, I think it showed. Uh, but we had some there was some awesome racing that we had. Um, really, <laughs> really tough. Really close, tight. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Your race will go, yeah, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Rich. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to ask, Take kind of take me through your head as the race went on because um, it wasn't all wrapped up from lap one. And, I mean, there. And that's there where was I was going, too. Going on. Yeah, a little bit, too, because also, not only, and this is the other element that I was going to ask about, Rich, is take me through your head because, oh, yeah, by the way, it's 11 a.m. when your race is, is ongoing. So that's, that's kind of a new thing. 
<laughs> right? We're, uh, you know, the, the run for the gun 50 is normally at, at night. Um, uh, so being, being in the morning, I don't know. I think we're all ready to get it over with though, but. Yeah. So anyhow, the mentality side of things, um, for you, not exactly, uh, I don't want to say not in the hunt or up, up front because you were, but I mean, speaking candidly here, I'm not sure if you had the best car, but you said in your post-race interview, you were coming on strong and set up for late in the race. So nobody really knows. Um, but up until the point where the race changed, how was your race progressing and how were things going inside that car? No, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that I had the, the best race car. Um, <clears throat> I had a hot rod. I had a good car, but, um, you know, right away we get, we got the second, um, and then I don't know, lap three or four is looking under Burkett. The caution come out. Um, my, my timeline may be off a little bit on laps, but, um, Again, on 11 you know, we had that restart. It was 11 a.m. before a really big day. Nobody remembers specifically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had uh, 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 restart there it was on the, on the bottom of Burkett, and I just I don't know no momentum. I I could not get going on the bottom, and they then rolled me on the outside. Uh, <clears throat> I think uh, the last one to come around was DG, and and then uh, you know the the next twelve laps were a ton of fun. You know that was that was that was pretty wild. Um, I don't think that I've ever raced like that at, at Winchester, you know, and we were, it was so close, so tight. Um, a lot of respect, um, uh, Burkett, Trevor, uh, TJ, um, Nestor and, and DG. It was, that was, uh, that was fun racing there. And so then obviously the, the moment happens on the restart. Um, you're kind of in the catbird seat there where, you really had the front row seat to everything that unfolded coming out of turn four down the front straightaway and into turn one. What did you see from, from where you were positioned? <laughs> uh, you're calling me out here. Uh, <laughs> well, because, and yeah, there, so, had, there was, and, and there is, this is why I'm asking because there was speculation on Facebook that you may have been involved in that incident and people may have, yeah, from where I was standing, I couldn't see that. I, I know that, um, uh... I wasn't, and uh, and TJ next to me was not. Um, I, I, to me, it, it just looked like work. Um, it got got free down the the front stretch there. You know, it's not it's not smooth. Right. Um, those are those are two guys. Burkett's uh, Burkett's hungry, and so is DG, and they uh, um, they're laying it all out on the line. Um, you know, so to to give an inch, I don't think that's going to happen between those two. Oh, and, and and just before that, we had crawled back up into third, and uh, <clears throat> Derek ran down Burkett, and I, I was uh, all right. Well, now you know, I've just got to play this game of, of waiting it out. And um, for one, we're going to lock up a championship here. Two, maybe they'll go up there and get together, and and here you go. You know, you're sitting in the best spot here. And I know, I know. Just to follow up Zach's question, I was down there by turns one and two, and and Derek looked a whole lot more upset than Tim was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, Derek had a hot rod. He had a hot rod all weekend. Um, you know, so that was um, that's like the storyline of Winchester, though. Everybody's got their um, their their story for it, and 
it's a it's a very frustrating place. Now, and this was the other thing I was going to ask is going into one when those guys clean up and and go up the racetrack. I mean, how close are you to being a part of that wreck? Uh, you know, in, in my memory, I thought it was really close. Uh, watching the video is like a country mile away. Well, well, when you're barreling <laughs> in, when you're barreling into turn one at a hundred mile an hour, everything is close. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I know I know I got to the bottom thinking that. Uh, you know they're going to bounce off the top and go to the bottom so i went all the way to the bottom but yeah um yep and then then we had uh could have been 12 or 13 laps to go and and i was man i really wanted to finish that one right um, well and that's what i was going to say too is then they come over the receiver you're up against time constraints next flag ends the race and you control the next restart um you inherit yeah. you inherit the lead you control the next restart and little did you know you were only going to have to race for about 250 yards um, <laughs> b- before before you uh, were crowned the winner and the champion. And um, I thought it was pretty cool, even the way that it ended. You come around turn four, you take the yellow checker, fist is pumping out the window. How much of a mixed bag of emotions is that to have the race cut short, but to also be on the winning end of that stick? Yeah, it's wild. You know, you don't. Take them however you get them because you don't you don't know when the next one's going to happen. Um, you know we've we've had a lot of good runs this year and but never uh, this is the, the only win this year. Um, but you know I, I still wanted I still wanted to do it the right way. You know and I uh, TJ and I race hard. We race clean and uh, it would have been who can drive it deeper into one. You know and then it. I like that. I like racing with him. Um, so I, I was, I don't know, that, I wish it could have gone green, but um, nonetheless, it worked out. And it's got to be pretty cool. I mean, it's always cool to get a win at Winchester, but, you know, you, you've had up and downs throughout the season, right? I mean, you probably should have had a win at Flat Rock. That didn't work out. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's got to feel pretty good that you can end the season the way you wanted the season to go all along. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I had had some some good cars, and and I don't know, the draw doesn't seem to work out for me, but um, I wouldn't change it. You know, it's it's just how it goes. I gotta tell you, uh, I got a text today um, from Aaron Taylor, and he said, "Well, he didn't realize we were gonna have you on the show," and and I said, "Yeah, he's been confirmed." He goes, "Well." Now that I know he's going to be on the show, you make sure to let Matt know that I should have moved him for second at uh, the hot shoe if I knew he was going to win the Winchester run for the gun 50. Um, and so th- there's another one, right? Uh, hot shoe 100 runner-up finish. Obviously one spot from where you want to be, but just strong runs for you this year, man. And and what does that mean, getting text messages? I'm sure that you have gotten a bunch of those after that win and then hearing of other people on social media or even Aaron texting me and you know how excited he was for you. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty wild. I, I even got a, a text yesterday on my way home uh, from Cody Strickler. Oh, like, yeah. oh man, you know the guy. The guys won every race there is, and, and um, it, it's just uh, the the Winchester, the run for the gun. It, it means a lot. It means a lot to uh, a lot of different people. Um, and I, I've said many times that it could it could pay. Uh, cold hot dog and a warm beer and I'd be there. 
<laughs> well, and we've heard people say that too about other races, Rich. Yeah, exactly. But man, I want to ask you. Um, you know this this series has gone through a lot of changes over the years, and um, you know when Bud and Brian took it over, um, everybody was optimistic, and boy, have they done a heck of a job and really turned this in to one of the two premier modified series throughout the country. Yeah, they, they really have. Um, I just saw Matt Preer had uh, some stats on it, and the, the average car count was 24, maybe 25. I'm sure he'll yell at me for that, but I got that wrong. Um, <clears throat> 25 cars per show, um, you know, and the, the, the points deal is incredible. It, it used to be the, you know, the, the winner got 1800 bucks or 2000 bucks for winning the points. But that's not how it is anymore. You know, you get the, uh, the top 10 gets paid out each and every week. And the, the top 10 is making, uh, you know, $2,000 overall throughout the year. Um, which is just, it, it's awesome. Uh, awesome money. It's, you're able to, to, to keep going up and down the road and yeah, we travel a little bit farther, but we're, we're going to some cool places. Jennerstown. That was awesome. And that was uh, what I was going to ask too, is, is the expansion of it. You're not racing just in Michigan. You're not racing just in Indiana. Um, you guys, and there's that association that you have with, um, uh, you know, the Southern Modifieds trying to work with them a little bit to see if there's any wiggle room to get those very different Modifieds down there, um, more involved with what we've got going on up here and vice versa. Um, just echoing what Rich said, it's a really cool time to be part of the Midwest Modifieds tour as a fan. Uh, as I've said it many times, as far as payment goes, the Modifieds are my second favorite division out there. Um, it's a really cool thing what's happening right now. Yeah, it's 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 definitely booming right now. Um, the pay's there. The pay's where it needs to be. The start money. Um, Brian and Bud have done a, a great job with the the start money. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's tough to say no to it. You know, and and uh, I'm I'm excited for next year. Um, I'm, no, and, and I want to take it a step further. You know, you're not out, outside of the Midwest Modifieds tour schedule and everything that they got going on. Man, you guys have the opportunity, the Hot Shoe 100 that, that Bud's always had, right? And then now the downright awesome race. Man, you guys are really running for some money you never had the opportunity to run for before. Yeah, we, we always had the, the Hot Shoe, and um, the Hot Shoe pays extremely well, obviously. And, uh, uh, but even over the last you know five years, it, it's gone up, and uh, now racing for twenty one thousand in a modified, you know, it's just kind of unheard of. You know, it, it was it was a big deal just a couple weeks ago when there was twenty one thousand in a, an outlaw race at, at Owasso. Well, we did it first in a modified. <laughs> that, that's, that's cool, you know. All right, I'm gonna put I'm, I'm gonna put the pressure on you on this one, and and you got the rule is you got to be honest. All right, Matt. Um, <laughs> Run for the gun, fifty win, or downright awesome feature. Which one? Which one means more right now? Run for the gun, hands down. Why is that? You want it? The the troubles, the heartaches. Um, I, I get chills talking about it. I mean, the the um, uh, <clears throat> I blew a motor a couple years ago. I felt like uh, qualifying, and that was that was my year. Um, I mean, we were 
flirting with the track record and um <clears throat> I haven't been back haven't been that fast going back there since you know and, and uh, uh I've crashed cars last year we put a car in the wall um a couple of years ago I junked one in uh getting into one um I mean it, it it's no secret that that you you tear stuff up there yeah uh, the speeds are fast it's uh but it but it means a lot um yeah, you know, I, I I grew up there. Uh, my dad flagged for ASA for ten years, and I sat behind the flag stand. That was uh, Winchester's a special special place. Uh, always will be. You mentioned ASA. I want to ask somebody shared on your Facebook page about Gary Saint Amant being the uh, Grand Marshal. You two have something in common. Um, that is, of course, the number that was on the side of his race car and the number that's on the side of yours. Did you get a chance to meet Gary, talk to him, and, and uh, do any bench racing? Uh, I, you know, I, it, it sucks that I didn't see Gary at all this weekend, but uh, Gary is uh, Gary's my Dale Earnhardt. Gary's the guy that I look up to. Um, he's the reason I'm number seven. There's, there's uh, pictures of me being three, four years old sitting in his race car. How cool is that? Um, yeah that is cool i mean gary's uh gary's an awesome guy uh just uh, he's my um that's my race car hero you know it's uh and with and with and with nothing else on your mind all weekend you couldn't go track down yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know right (laughs) Uh, so now and then here's the other question too and we talk about this a lot with the modified guys and i think that the answer is pretty much universal, but such success right now in this open wheel car. Um, any plans or any want even to throw fenders on and see what's going on with the template cars? I, yeah, I've never, I guess I never, I've been in a, uh, a sportsman uh, for a few races, but uh, it's the only time I've been behind a windshield. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought about that fenders and the windshield. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if something was offered to me, absolutely. There it is. Without a doubt. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, what, what's I the mean, draw? I, what's the draw for you? What's the draw for you for modifieds? Uh, it's, it's real. Um, I mean, it's, um, small tire, um, you're wheeling it. If if you if you need to, you can throw your ass in the seat and and make it do what you want it to do. Sure. Um, you know, and it it's uh, it's get up on the wheel and, and get it done. That that's and, what I'm about. You know, and I, man, I'm not I a think, big. Yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna say sorry to interrupt, but my my view of the modified is most of them you can probably get them to handle for you know ten or fifteen laps, but. It's those last 25 or 30 laps when that thing is nothing but a handful, and almost all of them are, right? You have way more horsepower than your weight and your tires, and you guys find find a way to make these things continue to go fast and keep them straight. Yeah, I, 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 we're probably not very smart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, uh, we keep going faster and faster, and, and we uh, probably shouldn't be, but um, they're uh, – I, I really like where it's at right now, and um, I, I would love to go sprint car racing. I've been trying to talk Kraft into going uh, All right. sprint car racing, but um, 
I can't afford that. Like so. like <laughs> like must see or dirt. I uh, it would be must see or um, there's a. Or it would be asphalt. Asphalt um, 500 or, or something like that? Yeah, some, some non-wing stuff. Uh, you know, the Anderson, that's just uh, an hour south for me. and That's my closest racetrack currently. So, Well, you know, uh, th- there's this kid from Plymouth that was really good in late models and then decided he was a sprint car driver too. So maybe you could be the modified he's really, driver. He's really good in a sprint car too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt, uh, one last thing here before we let you go. Let's talk about the family aspect of it. Um, you talked about your dad and how much this place means to you because of that um how about trying to pass that on uh down the line for you um you know you you can see on facebook there's a little one with you in that that picture um are you trying to pass that family gem on at all absolutely um so we get uh two kids uh kensley and and barrett uh kensley's four barrett's two or will be two here and uh, oh if, if, if mom hears that you're getting an ass chewing don't make him older than he is <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's uh definitely uh you know i that's, that's my push um whether they both want to do it or one of them or you know it, it's uh i say it's my push but i'm not going to push them to do it you know we'll, we'll offer it to them and, and see how it goes but um we're big on the four wheelers around here, uh, golf cart. Um, we're, uh, we're practicing with the, the gas pedal and the steering wheel all the time. <laughs> I love it. And Matt, that leads me into my, you know, it's great to have you on I, the first time on horsepower happenings. We appreciate you coming on, but now now's your chance to kind of give a shout out. Uh, you pick up the run for the gun at the Winchester speedway. You're the 2023 Midwest modifieds tour champion. Uh, kind of, this is your chance to give everybody a shout out uh, that helped you get down the road and at the racetrack all year. Um, yeah, number one would be my wife. Uh, the, everything that she does, um, and it's all behind the scenes. Um, and then my dad, he's uh, he's in the shop every day. Um, he's running parts down for me every day. Uh, <clears throat> he works harder than anybody else. Uh, what makes the the race car go is. Uh, Brian Nestor and, and Burkett Nestor race cars. Um, that just he, he uh, continues to give me great race cars and great opportunities. And um, this weekend was uh, was Todd Griggs motor ahead in the car. Um, uh, Derek Griffin and uh, DG Shocks, uh, Platte Show Pigs, um, Castle Centron Exteriors. Oh, I, I can't forget uh, my spotter Michelle. Uh, I, I seem to always forget her. But, hey, you got her in victory um, lane. I heard that. Yes, yes. She gives me hell if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Michelle does a hell of a job for me. Um, she she definitely calls a great race. We communicate really well. Um, but um, there's uh, Axe Enterprise, Getaway, Layaway, Vacations, and uh, oh, of course, I'm, I'm going to blank on them here but uh steve hammond cornwall tools ace radiator um drummond motorsports panacea powder coating um aaron platt contracting and um i don't know if i said dennis craft but crafty's been awesome he's been uh, a hell of a car owner this year um I, i have loved racing with crafty 
we know somebody else who's got that name on the side of a race car that seems to do pretty well on the dirt side of things. So, uh, he's, yeah, Dona. Yeah. <laughs> he's used to winning, isn't he? Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, he says no pressure, but then he, he talks about Dona. <laughs> Dude, this guy wins every week. What do you mean no pressure? <laughs> well, I don't know that Dona Marcoulier has ever won at Winchester Speedway, so you just remind him of that, all right? Yeah, okay. So, there you go. Hey, man, uh, congratulations. Uh, really awesome deal, not only to win at Winchester Speedway, but also to wrap up the, the championship for the Midwest Modifieds Tour, which is just continuing to grow as, as being a really elite national tour uh and so that's a really big accomplishment for you to get that done so congratulations on that man um matt thank you so much for joining us tonight we really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me on holy smokes (laughs) what a show what a weekend rich um let's just put a bow on it another winchester 400 weekend in the books um really awesome great energy even as cold as it was even the way that everything went down so many laps turned 400 Hold on, let's do the quick math here. Uh, 20 and 40 is 60. 30 and 30 is 60. That's 120. 520 laps of racing on Sunday afternoon uh, by the time it was all said and done for the Winchester 400 weekend. There's the there's the yawn under your hand uh, to accompany that because, yes, what an exhausting weekend. Uh, hats off to all of the ASA Stars Tour officials and CRA officials. Hats off to Larry Bowes and Winchester Speedway. Uh, hats off to the Midwest Modified Tour folks. Just a really fun weekend of racing at Winchester and, and really some really good races over the weekend, too. Yeah, I've, I've never looked forward to a Tuesday, Zach, um, <laughs> any, more, any more in a long time. Um, Tuesday will end five straight days of something to do with racing. That's right. And, um, yeah, I need a break. It's <laughs> Yeah, and I'm glad I don't have anything planned with this weekend, so don't call and ask. Yeah, no, uh, I will not. Also, I also at this time will not be at a racetrack this weekend. But if you're looking for something to do, Mother Nature did screw up the plans at Kokomo this weekend, and the Kokomo Clash has been rescheduled. Uh, All so- right, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> <Twist my> arm. <laughs> I didn't even have to ask, did I? Uh, So they did get the Sunday portion of the Kokomo Clash in. And, uh, of course, we neglected to uh, include those results earlier today. But I did see that Justin White picked up a uh, late model heat race win over the weekend. So congratulations to uh, him. Chase Osterhoff uh, scored his first career Kokomo win in a late model. Dylan Nussbaum won the modified side of things. Mike Vandermark Jr., who we just talked to on Horsepower Happenings, picking up the uh, street stock win. Josh Gamblin closed out the program with a Hornet win. This Friday night, though, Kokomo, sprint cars, 305 sprint cars, sportsmen, and thunder cars for the Clash finale. That's a hard program to say no to with nothing going on. (laughs) Man. The season that never ends. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Uh, and then also coming up on your radar should be Montpelier Motor Speedway uh, down in Montpelier, Indiana. Their annual um, their annual event coming up on Saturday, October Monster Mash. 21st is before the Monster Mash, I do believe. Let's see here. Uh, because this weekend on the 21st, they have the Super Street Rumble. Super Street's paying $100 to start and $1,000 to win. Uh, it's a total $6,900 purse plus a trophy dash paying $300. It'll be Super Street's 
with the uh, Street Stocks, Modifieds, and Hornets on the program as well. That's coming up this weekend at Montpelier Motor Speedway. And then, yes, the Monster Mash, uh, in, unless this is in replace of it, which uh, we could be speaking on a turn, but uh, my understanding is they'll still have a, uh, a Monster Mash uh, this year as well. So good luck to them on that. Also coming up, Rich, backing up a little bit, Thursday, Michigan Speedway Promoters Association meeting uh, will take place at Michigan International Speedway. This is a warning. PBA, uh, this is a public bulletin. Scott Menlin and myself will be in attendance. So plan accordingly. <laughs> uh -oh. This should be, this should be, a, I would like to be a, a fly on the wall for this meeting, I think, um, this year. As Scott and I joked, he's back. Look out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to do it for a, uh, a massive weekend from Winchester 400. Uh, thank you so much to Chase Berta and Matt Dimmitt for talking to us today. Um, hey, huge thanks again, Larry Boos. Right, Bob Sargent, Joe Ballish, Scott Menlin, uh, Greg Wood, everybody involved with, with who we work with. Uh, Rich, we get to do some pretty cool stuff, and uh, it's thanks to those guys that we get to do that. So, And it was, it was, it was I got a text today. It was also, I want to give a shout-out. It was really great to see Greg Wood back at the racetrack. Yes. Uh, Greg had a health incident for the Glass City 200, missed it. Greg's doing great back at the racetrack this weekend. Ornery um, as ever. My goodness, he would not get off like my he case. Never, like he never missed a beat, right? <laughs> so it was pretty cool. All right, thanks to all those folks. Thanks for tuning in. Jam-packed show. Sorry it was a little late on getting debuted if you're listening on Monday night, uh, but we had a lot to go over, so uh, appreciate your patience on that. And as always, thanks to Scott Mendel who pays the bills, Rich France, who uh, does a lot of great stuff for Horsepower Happenings. I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next Monday, same time, same place, right here. Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.